Hello campers! We are now offering enamel pins with our logo for our $10 tier on Patreon.com. Go to Patreon.com SSFC or follow the link in our show notes to represent camp. And now for the show. Welcome to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a podcast where we tell each other true scary stories. I'm Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Drusco. Hi. Hooray. We're here every week. We're casual. Mm -hmm. It's low key. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's easy breezy. Beautiful. Spooky times. So, oh, I wanted to make sure that I fit in this shout out. So, um, (laughs) a little boy, an 11 year old boy, um, did my favorite chore, power washing, so that he mm. could afford to buy one of my pet portraits for his aunt as a present. <laughs> That's so sweet. And that isn't the most heartwarming shit. Oh his name God. is Brody. And I told my mom, and she was like, I told you, you have to stop cursing. And I was like, no, no, no. No. That's, there's a if lot. If you're old enough to power wash, you can handle some exactly. cursing. You're a man if you can now. handle the brute power of that cleaning nozzle, then <sighs> you can hear... Uh, and there's also a lot worse things that kids can be exposed to than curse words, I think. And are exposed to. Yeah. And curse words are not, like, fundamentally bad. They're only bad no. because we say they are. There are things that are fundamentally yeah. bad, no matter what you say. So, um, hi, Brody. Thank you. Proud of You're you, You're so Brody. sweet. That is so sweet <laughs> that you did that as a present. I don't think I've ever gotten my aunt a present. Ever. And I'm not going to start now, so... <laughs> All right, so I'm going to tell a ghost story. Um, okay, so I, I watched this one. I just had this one on in the background just for fun. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this one. So there's no cute themes. And I, I just I'm sorry, <laughs> but this was just a crazy fucking ghost story that I just have I to tell. It. Okay, so it's from... The Haunted, Death Rises, which is about, which is uh, Animal Planet's ghost show. I use this show all the time because it is literally just the greatest ghost stories that are just like held together with the thinnest thread of tiny references to animals, which is great. I mean, that's fine. Keep doing it because you're doing a great job, Animal Planet. Okay, so it takes, it's season three, episode nine. It, How many seasons do they do of this? I don't know. I only have access, I think, to like a few seasons. It's very weird stuff. Damn. It's secret knowledge. So <laughs> it takes place in East Wyndham, uh, New York. It's in upstate New York. It's mm. in the Catskills. Uh, Lori and Ron are husband and wife innkeepers. They run the inn and restaurant Point Lookout. They met back in 1985, and it was love at first sight. No. So... Um, their dream was to have a bed and breakfast, as I think many cute couples dream of, but they made it a reality. They had a great love for the hospitality, you know, the word concept and the business. Uh, so they found this amazing location, Point Lookout, which looks over five states. Like, it's (gasps) like Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Like, it looks out over tons of... That's the dream. States. The thing is, you can't really tell. I don't think that they're different states because it's just like a swath of trees over mountains. But, Mm. you know, it's nice. 
Uh, and it's just, this place is just right smack dab in the middle of all these mountains. So they buy this property. Just a little bit of a side note about upstate New York. I have only been there a few times, but the impression that I got from it when I was there, and also this show, is that it could not be more different than New York City. And even the rest of New England. It feels very old-fashioned. Like, it feels like everyone there is, like, from the 80s still. And it feels very conservative, very old, very, like, things have not been updated since the 80s. Oh, yeah, okay. so uh, upstate New York is like not the vibe. It's really, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. That's the thing about oh, okay. it. It's okay. beautiful. The land itself is beautiful. The buildings in it, not. Yeah, if we're maintaining that 80s vibe, no, I don't it's think not so. great. And Point Lookout <laughs> is very much that. It's in like a breathtaking environment, and it's also probably the ugliest um, <laughs> inn I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I, I I will say when I was in upstate, had a gorgeous time. I was at a cabin. That was nice. But when I went to a local restaurant, I took in the worst meal of my entire life. Oh. So upstate New York has like, eh, okay, guys, a little bit of judgment from me. Um, <laughs> But it's also accurate. So let's set the scene there. Lori and Ron. Uh, Lori is bleach blonde. Like I said, these people are stuck in the 80s. She's bleach blonde, real tiny eyebrows. She seems nice. I like her. Ron has like, you know, like a soft New Yorker, you know, accent. He sounds sort of like uh, uh, Governor Cuomo. He's got very much that mm-hmm. energy. Uh, so mm-hmm. we like Ron, you know, and we like Lori. They're good people. It's not their fault. It is... That they are stuck in a decade that was very ugly <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> okay. So Katie, their niece, says that she was shocked and worried when they heard that they had bought Point Lookout because of the fear that their business would fail because they were moving to an area they knew nothing about. And they were starting fair. a business that they weren't familiar with. Also fair. I agreed. I was like, Katie, support them. And then I was like, huh. No, I worry too. (laughs) So they go for it. They open this business. It's not long after that that they begin hearing rumors from their waitstaff about ghosts and murders and all manner of spooky stuff. But they're so busy with the running of their new business that they really can't put any stock into it. And they're like, this is just spooky stories. Mm -hmm. You know, waitstaff are bored. It's probably just something like that. Making stuff up. So... As Ron and Lori settle into their new home, they notice a change in their cat, Duke. (laughs) Duke. Their cat would stop and stare into an area where nothing was moving or going on and would just fixate on a single point and then bolt away from it. He was really scared of something that they couldn't see. And Ron says, you know, at the time I thought he was just being weird, you know, just being dookie. Which I am pretty sure is their little nickname for their little Duke, which is really cute. And I love that I got to peer into their little pet lives. I love that. So as they got into the flow of running the business, Lori is in the process of checking all the rooms. And when she walks into room 12, she notices a horrible rotting smell. They thought, Do they live on site? Uh, I don't know. 
Maybe. They thought something was rotting in the walls. So they investigate it and they go into the attic and they look and they can't find anything. So they just try to mask it until it basically like goes away on its own, which is pretty much the only thing you can do with a rotting animal that you can't get to. Uh, And the smell of incense and candles mingled with uh, decay is really an awful one. And that's the choice they made. Um, Because the smell of decay is already kind of sweet, which is horrible. Uh, And to just mix it with that, it's uh, not a Yankee candle. So it goes on for days and the smell just doesn't dissipate at all. And to give you an idea, these rooms are sparse they look like awful airbnb rooms they're just terrible i just don't know what it is exactly that they're lacking to make it look like a real hotel room but it's it's lacking a lot so they're ugly rooms and now one of them smells like decay okay lovely trees though lovely trees everywhere Hoping to eliminate the smell, they rip the carpets up, they rip the walls out, they replace insulation, they replace sheetrock. They're really going for it because they need to be able to rent that room. You know, there's there's yeah. no getting around it. They, they can't, they have to be able to make a profit and rent the room. So when they're done renovating, the smell vanishes, smells like fresh paint and plaster, it smells good. Great. A couple of days later, the odor comes back. Ugh. How could it come back? After all the work I had just done, you know, how? So they can't afford to lose money, so they decide to book the room anyway and kind of hope for the best, hope that nobody notices. And that seems to work for a while. So time goes on. The longer they're running the business, the more stories they hear about room 12. Housekeepers will frequently complain of creepy feelings in the room. They'll ask, did you turn the TV on? Did you go and turn the light on in room 12? Because I just finished that room and I came back and everything's turned on. You know, just like weird stuff. Late one evening, Lori is working in her office alone. She suddenly begins to hear voices like a muffled conversation just out of reach. She sticks her head out of the door. She sees nothing. That's her first real personal experience, and she starts to feel really uneasy. And she starts to think maybe her employees are onto something with these stories that they've been telling. So she tells Ron the next morning, and he gives the bona fide husband response, it was your imagination. And if you didn't see anything, there was nothing there. Although, at this point, here's the thing, they just invested probably everything they had into this property. And I'm sure he wasn't trying to like gaslight her he was probably just trying to comfort her so that she wasn't like scared in this like money pit basically yeah that makes sense so i knew that we would judge ron but i only asked he's also probably trying to reassure himself because he's a little bit scared yeah i mean i think we can we can also think that oh he's a cutie i mean he's not but you know they're (laughs) they're just i think they're pleasant we probably wouldn't have anything in common if we talked, but maybe I'd give them a tour in New York. They'd be nice. I don't know. Yeah. They sound like good people. So Katie moves up to Point Lookout to work as a waitress and live in one of their rooms. So she's like close with her aunt and uncle. She wants to go work for them. So about a week after she had moved at about 1030 at night, they were closing up after a long day in the restaurant. She goes upstairs to her room. And out of nowhere, she begins to feel extremely uneasy, as if she's being watched. So she looks down the hallway, 
And by room 12, she sees a white, misty apparition of a very petite woman with long hair. Oh. Ghost with long hair? Mm-mm. So she runs down the stairs to tell Ronnie, her uncle, which is cute that she calls him Ronnie. And he tries to soothe her fears, keep her comfortable. But she was shaken up and she decided to move out of the hotel. She was like, fuck this summer adventure. This is not shaping up like the romance novel I thought it would. So she's out. Now Ron is beginning to think, okay, I think something's going on. Because Katie's got a level head and she's out of here. So when Lori heard this, now she's starting to feel really nervous. Ron tries to comfort her. And they try to stay focused on running the business. Months pass and no incidents are reported. One afternoon, a guest called to book a room for a few nights, and room 12 was the only room available. So he checks in with his wife. Everything goes smoothly. Later, a housekeeper alerts Ron that the man in room 12 is screaming his head off. So Ron goes up there with Lori, and through the door they can hear that the guy is out of control, screaming, belligerent, ranting, and raving. It's very, very scary. So they felt they had to do something before he hurt his wife, who they couldn't hear. They couldn't hear any sounds from her. Oh, God. So Ron opens the door and the guy like comes out and like pushes against him and basically tries to get him to like fight. Uh, And Ron was shocked because he was nothing like the man that he had checked in an hour before. He had had like a complete emotional transformation. Oh, my God. So he calls the police and he gets an officer to help him remove the guest from the inn. Enter Tom, retired sergeant, who responded to the call. And he's interviewed. He agreed to be on the show, which is hilarious. But he is also retired. Um, He has bright blue eyes and a white mustache with his leather cop winter outfit. He looks like if Santa Claus from the vintage Coca-Cola ads was a cop. Which is really, really sad, creepy imagery. And Santa is not a cop. But that's what he looks like. So, and then they immediately start talking cop talk. Being like, the gentleman was highly agitated, and he was kind of ranting and raving about an odor in the room. He seemed mm. highly agitated. It wasn't a normal reaction to his smell. And uh, Officer Tom knows what a normal reaction to his smell entails. <laughs> so, this guy refuses to leave the room. So the cops have to escort him out, pull him out. Uh, The woman was fine, thankfully, and once the guy gets down the stairs and into the lobby, he begins to calm down significantly, and he tells the police that he didn't know what had come over him. He just suddenly became very angry and agitated and freaked out about the smell. So the police ask him and his partner to leave. Lori and Ron are confused and overwhelmed at this point by room 12. So they contact Mark Keyes of Pennsylvania Paranormal Association, PPA. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nothing cute there with the letters. They keep it classic, (sighs) and we respect them for that. Uh, He assembles his crack team, and they conduct their investigation one night when the restaurant was closed and there were no guests at the inn. They decided to focus on room 12. Hell yeah. (laughs) I watched Knives Out again recently, which is just like... (sighs) 
can we say it? The best movie of 2019. I thought it was so fucking good. I can't wrap my head around it. I love it I so. I still have not seen it. I'm not even going to engage with you about movies that you should see because it'll trigger something in this friendship right now. <laughs> and then we will have I, it out. We'll say it came out in theaters, right? It's on Amazon Prime. It is? Oh. Will it matter to you? Who knows? We will just have we'll to see. find out. Is it one of the greatest joys of my life? Who knows? We will just have to find out. So, uh, they, well, anyway, it's like a whodunit, basically. A perfect, wonderful, mm-hmm. mm, pastiche whodunit. And, uh, I don't know, it's fun. I'm just into investigations right now. So, they quickly smell the decay in the room when they get into room 12. They set up an EMF detector and use it as a way for the spirit to say yes by making the lights flicker, like making it spike. As they continue questioning the EMF, the smell becomes more pungent, which is horrible. And when they asked if it was a female, the EMF finally spiked for the first time. They asked, did you die in this room? And the EMF spikes again. They decide that it would be best if they brought in a psychic. So enter Virginia Centrillo. Psychic medium for 30 years. Every psychic in the Northeast is Italian. I don't know why. It's just part of it. It's just part of the deal. So she has... They bring her in. (laughs) Must be a few days later. Unless she's on call. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has no idea which rooms are causing problems. They don't tell her anything about the space. And when she arrives... I love her. She was interviewed and she said, I felt I was being pulled down the hallway she's got like long nails i uh, love it and she suddenly began to smell decay so she decides to walk into room 12 unprompted hell yeah what does her hair look like um god it sort of looks like a wig in the sense that it's it's like black and almost magenta black and then kind of spiked out like the like a like a claw, like the bangs are like claw-like, like it's like a bunch of like clumps of hair coming out in spikes. Oh, okay, okay. You understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Love that. Love that for her. So she felt a female approach her who was extremely agitated. Virginia's heart begins racing. She feels extreme stomach pain. She can't get the female to calm down. Then she started seeing the last moments of the woman's life and heard the woman say it wasn't supposed to happen like this. Virginia felt that the presence died in the corner of the room. So they tell Lori and Ron this and they're like, shit, we we don't want to believe this. Uh, I don't know. They were just totally overwhelmed. They don't really know what to do with it. They asked the police and they look into old records and they didn't find any record of a death at the end. So they Mm -hmm. hit a dead end on the paranormal activity and they're like, well, maybe we'll just never know. Now, Mark Keyes, head of Pennsylvania Paranormal Association, casually mentions on the show that he spent 16 years as a criminal investigator. <laughs> and says, and Damn. says, yeah, he's like, I spent 16 years of my life as a criminal investigator. So just because a death isn't documented doesn't mean it didn't happen. True. I... I- one day wish to casually throw out 16 years of experience into a conversation. Let's hope it's not an insurance. Oh. 
ghosts. Uh, sure. Amateur ghosting. Ghosting? Just leaving people? <laughs> so he's uh, he says just because a death isn't documented, mm-hmm. documented? Where am I from? Just because it's not documented doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But they have no more evidence. So they just move on with their lives. One day, their friend Susan brings her friend Joanne, who's a longtime Wyndham resident, for dinner at the inn. Lori chatted with them and mentioned that she was dealing with hauntings there. And Joanne tells them that when she was a kid in the area, Mm -hmm. that room 12 was supposed to be haunted. Mm. And Lori's like, what? So Joanne tells the story. That a couple had supposedly checked into the room. It was like an urban legend, basically. Cool. And after the first night, the man said that his wife was ill and put up the do not disturb sign. So they didn't disturb. This went on for a week. And finally, one of the housekeepers went in because the smell had become really awful. (sighs) She's supposed to have walked in and found a woman's body in a white dress. There's no record of this in the newspaper or the police. However, we find out that the records office burnt down years ago. So it may have been recorded, but that shit went up in flames. Oh just like my God. it happens in Knives Out. <laughs> um, burning down a records office is a super suspicious thing to do. Burning down any place is, but burning down a records office in particular is very suspicious. Yes. <laughs> burning down any place that houses evidence. <laughs> Is um happens a lot. Bad. Okay, so Lori is shocked mm. that there was like smell associated with the story that a murder was related to like the rumors around room twelve, specifically the room twelve of all rooms. Mm-hmm. So they call Pennsylvania Paranormal Association with the new information. <laughs> And Mark responds by using his connections to bring in Bruce Barton, chief of Northeast Search and Rescue, and his cadaver dogs. Yes! Yes! I know. It's like, how do you find out if there's been a death in a place when there's no record of it? Get the cadaver dogs. Animals. Animals! (laughs) They know! So... Their cadaver dogs can detect blood that has been dried for many, many years. And they can uh, give a positive indication for graves that are over 100 years old. Oh. Yeah. So they really know. So they arrive and bring in two dogs trained in wilderness rescue and cadaver recovery. Uh, There's Emmy, who's a border collie mix, and Bailey, who's a golden retriever. (laughs) Oh. I know. I didn't know that those... That there were, like, different breeds that could be that kind of dog. But I guess you just yeah. have to have a super, super great sense of smell. I just assumed everything was German Shepherd. Yeah. I thought, too. I thought you had to be, like, in particular crazy good. But, no, most dogs, their sense of smell is thousands of percents better. Thousands times better than humans. Mm-hmm. I looked it up because I looked up what cat's sense of smell were. Because we keep trying to give butter treats and she just, like is stupid she just won't she like doesn't know we like put them down and we're like take it and she's like i guess i'll never find it and it's like it's right have you tried the meat sticks no they're like little sticks of treat 
And Hank loves it because she'll she'll jump up and hold your hand to get it. And I have to hold it the whole time. She Aww. won't eat it if it's on the ground. And she's like got the breathy cat eating and she'll put it away in seconds. She loves it. I recommend it. Well, yeah. I have to basically shove it into Butter's mouth. <laughs> um, turns out cats only have ten times better nose smelling than humans do. And dogs have like thousands of times Damn. better. I know. So maybe there could be like a tiny little chihuahua cadaver dog. Yuck. <laughs> you don't want a little chihuahua that can sense death. <laughs> okay, I've been keeping y'all on the hook. Uh, so uh, they bring in the dogs. Bailey goes in, who's a dog, and they check the room out, walk all around, and they have footage of this. I watched it happen. Oh, cool. Um, they felt real free to just go up and walk on the bed, but they don't have normal house boundaries because they live in the wilderness. <laughs> So they uh, jump all around the room and then they go to one corner and then she sits down and like puts her little paw out, which is a sit and touch, which is and then they had like the woman who was handling and she was like, and that's my, you know, cadaver indication. That's an indication. Uh, So next they bring in Emmy, who walks around the whole place and then goes to that corner and then just goes like, boop. With her little hand. Uh, paw. That's so cool. <laughs> so she gives her cadaver indication in the same corner with her little paw. And then Bruce, who was leading them around, was like, yeah, if two dogs give an indication, I mean, yeah, you can you can definitely assume that there was once a body here. Uh, they've never given a false indication. Cool. Go dogs, go. <laughs> Uh, and then the woman handler was like, if they gave that positive indication, then you can assume that there was something there of a human source, which is just like the worst way to say that. Yeah, I don't like that. It's somehow the nicest and also the worst. So they got the dogs to get in there. They're like, okay, something happened in that corner. So they're like, all right, we know that Virginia Centrillo, the psychic, was right. We know that the smell is, like, psychic and not real. Um, and we got to do something about it. So they bring back Virginia Centrillo, psychic medium, to do a cleansing to bring peace to the woman who died. So she lights candles. She burns incense. She begins praying. As she's doing it, she feels a shift in energy. The spirit is, like, not really having it. The spirit doesn't know what's going on. She's fighting her. She's not allowing Virginia to get her prayers out because she's scared of what's happening. She doesn't understand what's happening. But eventually, Virginia wins the spiritual battle. Yes. And gently sends the spirit (laughs) to the other side. A feeling of peace floods the room. Since then, there has been no more rotting smell, no more occurrences, and if TripAdvisor is correct, no more Lori and Ron. I think the place (gasps) is now owned by someone who is terrible named Captain Wayne. So don't, so don't, don't stay. Oh, they gave up their in. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of signs. To it's a lot of dream. work, and it's pretty it's pretty isolated. 
It's like literally just one spot surrounded by dense trees. Oh. Mm-mm. So better leave it to Captain Wayne. Uh, who has some pretty terrible Yelp reviews. They really should remove the portion of uh, the website that features them. So... <laughs> to him specifically? Yes. That he's like a drunken buffoon who grabs women. <gasps> oh my god. I know, from multiple reviews. <gasps> anyway, so now he's the spooky story that they have to get out <laughs> of uh, Point Pleasant. Oh, God. But, I mean, at least for the duration of their stay, it doesn't seem like Lori and Ron had to deal with any more paranormal activity. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wish he would have gotten haunted. I know, I know. Can you imagine him? But the thing is, that spirit, like, that spirit got moved on because... Lori and Ron took it over. Yeah, Not he would Captain, have never tried. Captain Wayne wouldn't have done it. Mm-mm. You know? He just would have put a bunch of, you know, wicks, you know, air glade, mm-hmm. what is it? You know, the... Yeah, the, like, glade plugins. There it is. There just would have been plugins everywhere. They wouldn't have fixed anything, and then that spirit would still be chaotically, you know, in between worlds. But she Ugh. was crossed over because Thank she found God. the right people Poor were thing. brought to her. I know, no Stuck kidding. Shithole for... <laughs> I know! Ugh. What I'm really curious about is the timeline on anything. Mm-hmm. Because we only know that someone who was... She looked like she was probably in her 50s when she was a child. Heard urban legendy rumors oh, about Room 12. Right. So, like, it, it would have probably been in, like, maybe the 50s or 60s or 70s. Probably 60s or 70s or... 80s 70s 80s if she's 50 so i don't know but i'd be really curious i want to know like when the place burned down when the record place burned down i want to know if anything happened to the husband who obviously did it and apparently he just left skipped town it never (sighs) yeah i hate him yeah i hate captain Uh, so yeah, I also do as well. Um and that's pretty much there you have it, murder in room twelve. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love a haunted hotel. So do I. I love I one of my favorite things about a haunted hotel is when you come in as a newcomer mm-hmm. and you're like, Man, there's something weird about two oh six and then the the head person is like, Oh, um, did you just assign someone in there? Like, comp their room, give them another one, don't ever put anyone back in there. Did they not tell you? Like, I love when mm-hmm. somebody new starts working at a hotel and somebody has to have a, did they not tell you? Yeah, the conversation about, like, okay, so we don't actually, if you, there isn't a party up there, just leave it be. Like, don't worry about it. Um, I love that. I, ugh, I love that so much. I love that that is part of the hospitality business, that you have to have a ghost talk with your employees. Like, shit. Ugh, any retail establishment I ever worked at or any restaurant, like, if it was haunted, we wouldn't have noticed. There was so much activity. You know, you couldn't... Mm. You couldn't tell if it was. True. But in a hotel, you really know. I love it. Yeah, so that's what I have for you. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, 
I think that's it. I don't have any... I have some um, Ghost Adventures updates. Oh, please. Aaron is on TikTok now. (laughs) Okay. And I stumbled upon his page, and I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but she was doing an impersonation of him, and so she walked out dressed like him with, like, a video camera. It was like, whoa, whoa, dude, oh my god. And he was laughing. He was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm not like that. (laughs) He's a weird guy. He paints a lot. I don't know that I love self-aware ghost adventures. I think I need them to stay in their lane. <laughs> don't worry, Zach will never come out of his lane. They're doing a quarantine special. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I mean, get paid, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> get paid and get off my TV. <laughs> oh, I will say this is a fun uh, recommendation for television. Mm. Uh... The ultimate, what is it? Ultimate tag or like real life tag or is it whatever. It's hosted by JJ Watt. It's hosted by, not only is it hosted by JJ Watt, it's hosted by JJ Watt and his two brothers. It is <gasps> literally the, the Watt, Watt brothers. Children <laughs> host this show of basically just, it's basically just American gladiators. Like they have like a core group of like, of like incredible athletes that have themes like the iron giantess and like the atomic ant and like the nerd boy, but he's really strong, even though he has curly hair and glasses. It's so wonderful. I wish that they had leaned into the themes even harder. Um, I love that. Yeah, and then they fight against and they do they do crazy tag things. And then I actually what I prefer even more to that is the f- the floor is lava, the ground is lava. So I saw this- an ad for that. <laughs> so that show is amazing. Me and Ian were talking about it. It looks like they put all their budget in creating the room. It looks really good. Which is fine, because it looks awesome. But they literally fill a room with, like, giant, uh... Like giant, like a bed and a boudoir, and like basically all these like set pieces of like a house. So it looks like a sort of like a giant playhouse, and then they just enclose it and then fill it with like four feet of red viscous water that's like bubbling. And then you have to like get from point A to point B and like solve things with like your family. And and if you fall in the lava, they're like no, and then they don't show them. They don't show them like getting taken out. It's like they really just died. They just got absorbed by magma, turned to smoke. Um, that one is also really fun. And that one is, like, rough. I like, this. I really wish they wore pads. They're just throwing their bodies around. I love Being this. like, we're the teachers who work out. And then they go do it. Okay. What channel? What channel? This is on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <gasps> cool. Yeah. Yeah, this That's is not hard to get TV. to. Yeah. This is... Oh, it's not... It, you will not be in the background for this. You try to put this shit on the background, and then suddenly you're rooting for the Iron Giantess, and you um, you didn't know it was something you needed. <laughs> I saw J.J. Watt at a wedding once. Oh, well. How was he? He was great. He had, like, a handler to make sure he wouldn't go too crazy. What? Yeah, he had, like, a man there, because it was a bunch of football people. It was, like, a football wedding, and he had a person there to make sure he didn't get, like, drunk and rowdy. What the fuck? Yeah. He's, like, an adult man, and he has to have someone there to be like, no, 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 you stop at six. Yeah, he was very, not professional, but he handled himself very well. I don't think there was a risk of him going out of control, but... 
don't know if he's Maybe he was there to make sure the handler <gasps> didn't go out of control. Maybe that was the dynamic because J.J. Watt is such an upstanding guy and he's so he really upright is. that he just had to make sure that the person he hired could handle themselves. True. His girlfriend uh, seems very cool. Great. Love a sports So happy icon. for them. Me too. <laughs> all those boys seem nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's probably all you guys can take at this point. So we'll, we'll cut you loose. Um, we want you to have a spooky night. How about Filled that? Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted things. Happy cancer season! <laughs> and an eclipse. And a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Enjoy! <laughs> Cadaver dogs.